When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working, and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality, and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome, this is episode 195. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, brand and communication strategist, also known as the podcasting queen. A new study has found that freelance economy grew to 55 million Americans this year, which totals 35% of the US workforce. And according to my guest, there has never been a more exciting time to set up a business today with affordable technology and a global marketplace that we are living in the age of the global entrepreneur. Now joining me today to share his journey and his insights is Dr. Ross McKenzie. And Ross helps entrepreneurs, startups, founders, SMB and SMEs to set up to scale and sustain their businesses in this age of the global entrepreneur so that they can focus on dreaming big and making a difference. That's what we're all about, isn't it? Making a difference. Now, this is achieved through business and technology education, entrepreneur coaching, startup advisory, and global strategic outsourcing. Now, on today's show, Ross is going to share how to set up a business, discover the number one biggest mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make when starting out in business so that you can avoid it, how to scale a business, learn why implementing the right technology and the right partnerships must be imperative if you want to scale your business today, as well as how to sustain your business. Find out why having great products or awesome services will only get you so far in business. And if you do not have this essential ingredient, it's unlikely your business will be sustainable. So welcome to the show, Ross. Well, thank you, Anne-Marie, and this is what an exciting uh, intro. I, I am pumped. The music, everything. I tell you. Probably thinking, who's she speaking to? I want to hear more about what this guy is going to share. Oh, my goodness. Before we dive in, because I know you've got lots to share, uh, I just want to share with everyone, you are a Microsoft Service Ambassador, and that's how we met and uh, how I know that you've got such valuable information. Microsoft Surface, because you're, you're talking and you deal with a lot of global entrepreneurs, I would assume that you take your Surface around with you everywhere? Yeah, look, pretty well. Look, it's a pretty awesome device. The big one I uh, had to learn to use was uh, obviously writing on the on the screen. Mm -hmm. And now that I've got into the routine of using that, that's just uh, been great. So I've just over in Dubai last week and just flying back on the plane, just writing my notes on the plane mm. uh, rather than typing them out. Those type of things have been very, very practical. Uh, when I do webinars, 
uh, a use of screen and I'm writing on a screen on webinars. So that's what I really love about wow. it. Wow, yeah. And the fact that it is portable and it is a tablet and it is, you know, a computer, I'd imagine it's kind of the go-to tool that you use and uh, across all, even with clients and, as you said, presenting because I could see that you presented. Was it in Dubai? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So last week in Dubai, mm. at, uh, a big conference there, certainly the portability of it, uh, because for me, traveling light is a really big thing for me. Having a, a smartphone, the device is too small for me to use, sort of like, you know, writing notes and what yes. have you. And it's a great compromise. It's mm. a great compromise. Yeah. Really, really great. Absolutely. And of course, we're going to dive into some of the technologies, the right technologies too, in a moment. Let's talk about how to set up a business. You you say that you see a common mistake, unfortunately, that a lot of entrepreneurs make when starting out their business. What is that mistake that you see us make? <laughs> Look, there's always a lot of research of success factors, what makes business successful, what makes business fail. Mm. But from my own experience, I, I think, you know, we've got, we've got people with passion going into some really great things, you know, whatever their passions are. But I really come down to, I think it comes down to how they position themselves in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, entrepreneurs, startup founders, uh, solopreneurs, they are trying to be too many things to too many people. It might be that if it's a service business or a retail business, whatever, online, old world, whatever it is, you've, you've got to be very focused. So your target market, your target segment, you've got to be speaking to that all the time. Mm -hmm. And I've got a good friend and mentor, uh, Andy Harrington. He's based in the UK. He's a He's a well-known speaker, but he always tells me, you've got to be speaking to your client's bleeding neck. And that's in that real language and focus. So so it's not about like, you know, we all think when we have a business, it's all about us, but it's not. No. It's definitely not. We've got to be really all the time focused about what problem are we solving for that specific client segment? Mm -hmm. uh, you may have multiple ones, but if you're too, you're too broad, you're trying to be broad solutions, like today isn't about having generic broad solutions. We want bespoke. And I think that is one of the biggest challenges a lot of people get into because they're so passionate with their ideas, thinking it can solve everyone's problems. But you've got to be saying, well, who and what specifically are you helping? Absolutely. That's what I think is very important, yeah. Being that so many, and it's exciting, so many people now are choosing entrepreneurship, which is great. But that means that there are so many other people who probably have a number of different skills and an experience that we also offer. So unless we really define who we want to work with, what solutions are we you know, bringing to the table for the specific problems, our message is just going to become part of the noise. Is that what you find too? Oh, without a doubt. In fact, the, the analogy I was using the other day uh, was, um, let's say here, I'm, I'm based in Sydney, and when you go out to the airport, you know, taxi or we're driving, there's all these billboards uh, closer to get the airport. But maybe initially when the, they first put some of these billboards up there, they may attract attention. Mm -hmm. But after a while, they just fall into the background and uh, it's just all this white noise. Yes. And you're not standing out because it's it's just... Um, you know, I guess I have a role, but uh, I, I just think there's a couple of things you, you've got to be very, very focused in what problem are you trying to solve and who are you trying to solve it for mm. and how are you different? Why yeah. are you different? 
all everything else then falls behind that. For someone then that does have some multi-skills, if you will, and, and they're having trouble to really, you know, scale it down or really focus, for want of a better word, scale it down, focus it to a narrow target market, which, as you say, it's going to really speak volumes to someone who reads your message or, or views your message and thinks, hey, I'm struggling with this. What would be some things for them to consider that would help them narrow their focus if they've got a lot, you know, a number of different things they could offer? Do you have any advice on that? Firstly, we're basically talking about segmentation. Sure. And uh, so you've got, you've got to be clear on your strategy and, and you sort of think that, if if you're running a business, so you could have a you could have a business, a retail business, where you you know you you could be selling hammers. You know, I'll give you a real example around the corner here, barber shops. You know, cutting hair, and they might offer you know financial advice, like really crazy, mm. crazy things. They're very niche, and they play on those niches. So it's not saying it can't be done, but really you, you've got to be you've got to have a clear strategy. So so I, I just could go back to it. Start starts with. You know why? Why are you getting into business? So really clarify what's the reason. So mm-hmm. that's that's what I'll talk about that maybe a little bit more later. But it's saying that, and I have this little um, pitch that I help uh, clients with, and I call it my X Y Z. Yep. So I help X to do Y so that. So mm. what I mean by that is, who is your X? I help X, and X might be I help mums between the age of 35 to 45. Um, you know, who live in Sydney, mm-hmm. or you might have a X.2 or X.3. And then how do you help them? What Then what's the value proposition? So mm-hmm. that's your X, Y, Z. Yes. Uh, and then importantly, you know, in the days of social media, people jump on social media or other forms of advertising and they just say, oh, let's get out there and spend the money and whatever. But what you need to ask your question is, where does your X hang out mm. and that's that's not an ex-husband or ex-wife by yeah. the way yeah. <laughs> your ideal client <laughs> yes right. i just suddenly thought no, don't don't you know don't get caught up for you know being a, 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 stalker, a stalker or something that's but, a whole um, other show <laughs> yeah that's right that's right that's the evening show <laughs> Look, I, I think that's so valuable because, you know, many of our listeners are service-based and they may, through looking at what other people are offering, call themselves a life coach or a business coach or a career coach. But unfortunately, if you're not defining, like a business coach might be someone who specializes in setting up systems and spreadsheets so that you can easily monitor and make decisions because you've got accurate financial details. You know, a life coach could specialize in you know another area giving up smoking or whatever it may be when you define it and put it around this great formula that you've just shared that's when your message starts to really make an impact as you're starting to share that online and even face to face yes yeah and and what I'd also add uh, Anne-Marie is that knowing what you do and who who you help but just as important is knowing what you don't do Mm. and and who you don't help. Yes. So in my business, uh, I have an outsourcing company and we're very clear on the types of clients we want to work with, but also uh, clients we don't want to work with. And one thing that's very important to us is around um, what I call values and mm-hmm. cultural fit and alignment. Yes. Uh, and that's a conversation uh, we have up front. Now, when you're starting a business, that's a bit of a challenging conversation because you might say, oh, you know, I want this customer because, you know, we'll get some money out of this, we'll get some mm. revenue. But we know we're not really, you know, culturally aligned. Um, so that's, you know, this is like the, 
the uh, the crossroads in in your business, uh, there's going to be coming a point in time that's saying, well, do you want to work with those type of clients, uh, or are you going to take a stand? Mm -hmm. And I always think uh, the sustainability of business is about taking a stand yes. long term. And usually, you find that if you do take on clients that don't have similar values to you, or they're just not a good fit, you often end up spending way more time, and it just drains of your energy. Where you could really have left some space to attract your right client, someone who you love doing work with, and uh, at the end of the day, you you know both leave that relationship positively because you've both achieved you know it's a win-win so that's uh, certainly important are there any other considerations around this that you'd want to share before we move on to how do we scale our business yeah well like again the, the three the three the three big chunks setting up scaling and sustaining mm. but um you know since you know we've got the, got the time uh, the positioning is is ultimate I, I think it's just the more i the older i get the more i see different businesses and i've just come back from dubai uh, there was a big delegation of 15,000 people a big startup wow. environment and i spoke to a lot of startups um, from brazil from from uh, france from the uk from mm. the middle east um, and you know people are you know so passionate but the ones that really stood off, I stood out. I think were the ones that really focused. They really knew yes. who they were targeted with. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 you know, a lot of other things, little technical things, but I just say just be focused on what you're trying to do, what problem you're trying mm -hmm. to solve, and to who is I think is the most critical. Great insights there. All right. So say then we've got very focused, we're very targeted, and we're able to explain that confidently and clearly in our message. Then we're looking to then scale our business. And one of the things that you say, it's so important to implement the right technology and the right partnerships. Let's speak a bit, bit about that. Mm -hmm. well, well, firstly, when, when we think about scaling, Scaling, you may be scaling a business uh, still at a point where you may not have uh, financial stability. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of unknowns still going on. Uh, you may be growing at a very fast pace um, and you've still got to put money into the business. So there's a lot of, lot of still uncertainties. So from, and, and there's a lot of options you, you can choose and outsourcing comes into here. Technology is, is such a key role as well. I, I think you've got to really uh, have a clear strategy of how you want to grow. Yes. And because technology is so important, it's very easy for a lot of folks to, what I call, jump onto the next bright and shiny object, yes. the latest technology application that suggests that it's going to solve all sorts of problems. Now, I saw some research just uh, yesterday. It was, it was a presentation around different customer service type uh, software. So Infusionsoft, for example. Infusionsoft is awesome software, yes. um, but it can't do everything. Although the original intent was, how can it do everything? And that was like the intent of a lot of CRM tools. But there's just so many bespoke challenges in a business. So what, what you end up doing as a business, you, you know, you might have implements Infusionsoft or, or similar technologies. Then you might look at some accounting type uh, software. So the key is you've got to look at your technology or your business architecture, your landscape, mm -hmm. very holistically. And you've got to design in a way that you've got to integrate technology together. Now, that's the challenge because a lot of businesses, when they start up, they implement you know, let's say, let's say I'll keep using the example of a Fusionsoft, then they might implement another technology, but they're not integrated. So what actually happens, the intent was to 
implement efficiencies, but now you've actually created inefficiency. Mm. You've uh, sub-optimized your business. And that's a challenge. Now, there's a lot of ways to go around it. So it's about being strategic. It's having a map. And when you're starting off, you might say, okay, we're going to implement technology in the uh, customer relationship management space in this quarter. Next quarter or next year, we're going to implement this technology. And when we do, this will integrate because we've already, we all already know. Mm-hmm. We have a roadmap yes. of implementing technology. Now, that's still a challenge because technology is changing quite regularly. Mm-hmm. So you've got to continually assess it. The other side is the combination of now we're looking at outsourcing. So you might think, okay, to scale a business, uh, outsourcing decisions are generally around three areas. One is cost. That's a bit of a no-brainer. You know, we want to have a lower labor labor arbitrage or lower Mm -hmm. labor cost. But other factors, particularly when you're scaling, is around capacity. You just don't have the capacity to service maybe a call center or customer service, whatever it is. So you need assistance there. Or the other one, and this is what I actually call the three C. So we're talking about cost, capacity, and now the third one is capability. Nice. It just might be that you just don't have the technical skills. So what we're doing is we've looked at our technology needs. We've developed a roadmap of where uh, potentially where we may go with technology. We're looking at outsourcing. Now we've got to bring those two strategies together because there's nothing worse. You may have gone down an outsourcing path, but the processes that you've outsourced, let's say it was um, customer service help desk. An emerging area is in uh, the use of automation and robotics, a live 24 by 7 type chat, which is now done through what we call bots. Mm -hmm. If you've outsourced all that, it's very unlikely that your outsourcing partner will be motivated to help you with the automation, you see? Mm -hmm. So these are the the dilemmas. So because it's just the the natural driver, because if you automate that, that's actually taking revenue away from your outsourcing partner. So that's come back to relationships. We come back to making sure if we implement a technology strategy, we look at outsourcing, they can work together, but we've got to work them together holistically. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a small, small, small uh, business, uh, it has less impact but as you grow and if you are growing very fast it can have potential ramifications down the track. I mean, as you're talking about this, I can imagine some people are listening. And I mean, it's so valuable to hear you say that. But for many people who don't really have a grasp on a lot of technology, when we go and approach someone, they're going to say that, oh, our system is the absolute best. Where would you suggest other than, and we certainly share how people can get in contact with you, but what are they even looking for? I mean, is are there people who provide a, a service and expertise that can look at the big picture and see how it all fits in in together does that make sense like where yeah, where do yeah. they go to get this information yeah yeah so so this this is the challenge uh for startups entrepreneurs now I, i've come out of the corporate environment mm-hmm. so the cor- corporate environment is fairly well served for what i would call solution agnostic consulting companies uh-huh. so consulting companies that would go in uh to provide advice mm-hmm. um you know, okay, I'm thinking like Accenture's, uh, the Capgemini type uh, companies. Yes. And they would help find solutions for you. Now, they, they also do technology and outsourcing as well, but, but generally you can provide some unbiased advice mm-hmm. in most cases. Now, in the startup space, the, the challenge is that 
you're often too small for some of these type of companies yes. because the potential, uh, you know, the revenue taking or what have you. So it's always about following the money. Like, if, you know, companies that think, well, gee, you know, I'm not going to spend my time with you because what's in it for me type thing. Exactly. So, so that is the challenge. Now, that's one of the things why when I left corporate and set up my companies, I do try to provide those insights into my clients. Mm -hmm. But putting myself out of the picture, what I would be saying is, get out, talk to different people, and just always be aware that if you're talking to someone that cuts code and builds software, that's the paradigm that they'll be most likely to be coming from. If they are an outsourcer of manual labor, that's the paradigm they'll be coming from. Mm -hmm. So you've just got to be aware that people are really coming from their own paradigms. That's right. If you're talking to a um, financial controller, they'll be looking at costs in a different way than perhaps you are. Just be aware of your own personal bias. Yeah, and I think you, what you've said, I mean, do your research, have an idea, uh, you know, a map and a plan. And also too, I mean, there may be other businesses, maybe in different industries to you, who've gone through that growth stage, you know, scaling stage, that you can then go and talk to and ask them, you know, what did you do? Because sometimes they may be able to, and happy to share some of the tools and resources, because I know sometimes it can be so expensive, isn't it, to put in a new system System, get training and then all of a sudden realize you know what this was not the best solution for us we need to go elsewhere so yeah and 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 certainly Emery uh, your podcast uh, and the types of stories that you share and and people you introduce uh, th this is a very good vehicle uh, for people to think, oh, here's a different idea, here's a different yes. perspective. Oh, that's right. And really, as a business owner, we need to keep our fingers and our ears open because we never know. There may be a piece of technology or some solution out there that we didn't even know existed that is a beautiful solution to, to what we are struggling with at the moment. Okay, so we talked a little bit about scaling the business. Let's talk about sustaining the business. And one of the things mm -hmm. that you've said is that we could have the greatest product, we may have the best service to offer but it's only going to get us so far if we don't have this essential ingredient what's the essential ingredient yes <laughs> yes yes I, I wanted a little bit of mystery on the yes. essential ingredient <laughs> okay so uh, th this is my story and and perhaps for some of your listeners you may or may not resonate with this but um, I found that once I came to this point, figured it out. I'm still using a bit of intrigue. I'm not giving it away yet. But mm. uh, for me, once I, it, it, it really became clear, that's when my business uh, really took off. And it was like very aligned. And really what I'm talking about is, and it might sound strange, but it's a philosophy. Mm -hmm. It's a sense of belief of why you do what you do. And uh, yeah, some of the listeners may have heard uh, Simon Sinek, you know, the why yes. and uh, what have you. Well, that's what we're actually talking about here. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't his work that influenced me or some other other areas. But the more I get into this, and now for me, for my business, uh, I have values or three three areas, and it's what I call my learn, lead, legacy. Basically, learn, lead, legacy to me is, is emotionally connected to my business and to my team because we believe that it's about embarking on a journey of lifelong learning mm -hmm. as an organization or an individual but learning and just putting the book back on the bookshelf you know you can't do that now that you've learned you've got to take that learning and step up and it's a leadership it's you're leading with that information mm -hmm. you're sharing that information and when you do that this is my belief when you do that this is about leaving a legacy making a difference making an impact which is just much 
more bigger than perhaps the original economic imperatives that when I first started my business. I probably started my business, you know, wanted, wanted some economic return, create, create wealth, and I think uh, most of us are along those lines. But uh, one thing I would say is uh, when I work with many startups, uh, and particularly younger people than me, a lot younger than me, uh, I'm so inspired because uh, a lot of people are starting their business from that philosophy. They do want to make a difference, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty awesome, whether it's to, to help immigrants or refugees or to solve uh, poverty or wh- whatever it is. Yes. Yeah, they're coming from these real social, philosophical bases. My view today is I, I just think that if that's so central to you, so central to your heart, to your core, and you share that to your team, I, I think people buy into that. They really think, yeah, I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's a, it's a, you're on a mission, you've got a real sense of purpose. I think when businesses start to become stale, they may have grown, they may have been successful. And sometimes this is going from, say, if it's a family business from one generation to another, sometimes that original intent, that philosophy, the, the purpose, the reason that dies, I think that's the challenge for a business. So mm, um, mm-hmm. I think it's so key. Yeah, I love that, you know, learn, lead, legacy. So when you look back to uh, after you've identified those key values and that started to be communicated in the way that you, and just the way that you approached your business, are you saying then that you found that, um, you know, obviously the right kind of staff because they also held that vision? What do you think made the biggest impact? Was it because as you approached your work, as you started to speak to potential clients, there was just this level of, because of that deeper connection to, why you were why you're doing what you're doing what were some of the differences that you noticed so so my my business i i do have short transactional work but then long-term relationship work mm. but everything i look always go back to the learn, my learn lead legacy and uh, really when i talk to clients talk to potential new clients uh, i talk to them in a way of just sharing my story. Yes. Uh, and I think storytelling is very important mm-hmm. uh, in business because it, 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 it tapping into that emotional connection of, again, your sense of purpose. And I think you come over very authentic. Things are important to me, such as ethics, such as integrity, mm-hmm. all those things. Because at the end of the day, it's um, these are things that uh, who you are, you know, business or no business. That's and, right. Uh, I think that is very important. Yeah, and I can imagine if a potential client is speaking to a number of people who they're considering working with, hearing you share your story and confirming the values and what's really important to you uh, and the experience that you want to create, should that client say yes and work with you, they can then see, can't they? They envisage, okay, this is really important. It's important to us. That's how we want to, you know, move forward. It's an easy yes then, isn't it? Because they can relate. Yeah, and in a, in a practical way, because uh, I know uh, many of your listeners um, have, say, uh, are using a lot of online marketing type strategies and what have you. Mm. So I'll give you a very tangible example of how I uh, communicate my philosophy. Uh, we have this, um, so with the outsourcing company, we have some uh, things online of opt in to get an ebook mm-hmm. and you can get there's a video series so it's a little bit educational one because what i realized was, was say in the subject of outsourcing uh, i wanted to take an educa- educational approach to explain why we are different rather than buy my stuff type thing yeah so it was a very consultative because the sales process or the sales timeline of outsourcing services it's well, it, it does happen, 
but generally it's over a couple of months of getting to know each other, mm -hmm. back and forth sharing ideas. Yes. So I developed this and I learned this from the digital online marketers. I just followed a strategy, but I put my little take on it. But I've got this uh, five video series. So you opt in, you download your ebook, and you know most people think, oh, great. But then you get a video, and there's another video, and there's like five videos. Mm -hmm. The first video about the concerns, the challenges of outsourcing. The next one is what you need to do. The next one then is what we call communities. And yes. it's really about our philosophy. And we actually spend a whole video 10 minutes or something just talking about that's me my partners our teams talking about why we do what we do mm -hmm. uh, and then we have a fourth video about case studies and what have you but that video the feedback we're getting from that third video uh has been quite phenomenal people saying wow we we don't, we don't see this from many companies it's not a professional video it's just something we made but uh, all our team, myself included, uh, we're sharing from the heart of why mm -hmm. we do what we do. And what we say, the call to action at the end, is we say that, and my colleague, I say, if what myself and my partner, Pratish, have shared on this call resonates with you, get in touch. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we have a call to action, but what, what what I'm trying to do is filter out the people I don't want to work with. <laughs> yes. And some people will, will listen to us and think, oh, you know, what a lot of, you know, whatever. Um, They're and not your I'm ideal clients, yeah. Yeah, I'm perfectly happy with that. Mm -hmm. Particularly now with some of the messages that you read, um, you know, online and even how some people present, when it's really pushy and salesy, we have just gotten to the point now because we're bombarded with it or have been that we just instantly shut off. But as you say, if you start to share a story and you're letting that come through and you're sharing your why and that's woven beautifully in a consultative way through any communications, whether it be online or offline, that in itself is going to connect and speak to your ideal client who you know that you want to work with. Let's yeah. let's share. How can people get in contact with you? And for those people who are interested in, in outsourcing, perhaps we can uh, also put a link on our site on the show page, but also share with them how can they get it to access to the videos that you just spoke about. Yeah, yeah. No, more, more than happy. And, and thank you for that. Firstly, uh, very easy. If you want to just quick, just Google Ross McKenzie or Dr. Ross McKenzie. If you want to put outsourcing with it, you'll find all my pages. I'm Great. pretty good uh, with search engine optimization uh, and on LinkedIn. So it's very easy to find me that way. Fantastic. Um, otherwise, on email, results at thestartupbusiness.com. So that's results at the startupbusiness.com. Fantastic. Look, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're a wealth of knowledge and um, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today. Look, I, I'm just warming up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll have to we'll have to get you back on another show. Do a do a part two, I think. <laughs> no, it's been it's been a, a real gift to me. So thank you very much. Before we finish the show, I wanted to share with you that I'm so excited to be putting the final touches on a course, Podcasting with Purpose. Now, I have created this course for some years, but I just haven't launched it yet as I didn't want to get stuck focusing on technology, you know, microphones, thingy-madongles, gadgets, and all that kind of stuff. Look, while tech is important, I really don't believe that it is what makes the show awesome. You can't edit and mix a poorly formatted show or an interview and one that people just aren't interested in learning more from. 
To create a stellar show, it's a blend of a number of key elements and what happens before you even press record, like the creative elements of the show, the music, the intro, your voiceover artists, it's the host, it's the personal brand, their voice, it's the ambience that the host creates, it's the interaction and energy that's created between the host and the guests, the topic, how it's discussed, and so much more. And these are all key areas that I'm going to be focusing on while, of course, cover what you need to know about editing and mixing to create a stellar show. Two of my podcasts were recently finalists in the inaugural podcast awards here in Australia. And one of my shows secured the overall award in the business marketing and entrepreneurship category. I still use the free piece of software that I used nine years ago when I first started producing my podcasts. What's changed though is everything else that I do from finding, prepping guests, preparing myself, and of course the interviewing techniques and subtle communication techniques that I learned throughout my career. All of these things I want to share in my podcasting with purpose course. But one of the things that I will be doing before that to help you decide whether podcasting is right for your business right now is to create some Facebook lives leading up to the doors opening to the course. So if you're not already connected with me on Facebook, search for Anne-Marie Cross Branding on Facebook, find my Facebook page, like it so that you can then join me for my upcoming lives as I continue to share all about podcasting and things that you need to know to help you decide whether podcasting is something that you want to start doing doing in your business to get your message heard, to have it stand out, and of course, to influence your audience. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.